0: And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from $8,000 per month, for example, to $20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below.
1: Welcome to Quantum Revenue Expansion, where we keep you motivated, inspired, and thinking big. Upleveling into quantum revenue is a choice that we can all make in any moment and then continue to make that choice to stay in that space each day. On this podcast, Ursula will share revenue growth strategies to reach your next level and introduce you to CEOs just like you who are making it happen. What's your next quantum leap going to be? See it, own it, and take that first step. If this is you, then Ursula wants to invite you to join us at the next 2X Intensive now. Go to salescoachnow.com slash apply. You're listening to Quantum Revenue Expansion with your host, Ursula Menchez. Let's go. Hi,
0: everyone, and welcome back to Quantum Revenue Expansion, the podcast so excited about my guest today, Steve Vetter, because we're going to be talking about sales as a pivotal part of million-dollar revenue growth, which Steve has created himself. So, Steve, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, Ursula. It's great to be here. I listen to your podcast probably more than any other, so it's a real honor to be a part of it.
0: Well, that's an honor. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. I know you've been a longtime listener. You've been in our community. You've been a client and you've contributed a lot. And I love, I love your ideas. And also, as I'll share in a minute, you are an engineer, an engineer who knows how to sell. So we're going to talk about that because I think that's going to be really inspiring to our listeners because that, the right brain, left brain doesn't always go together. And somehow you're able to make it work pretty, pretty powerfully. So before we get there, though, to our listeners, thanks for hanging out with us. If you haven't yet, go to UrsulaInc.co, and on the homepage, super simple, you'll find our Quantum Revenue Expansion Masterclass. It pairs very nicely with the podcast. It's our gift to you. And during that class, I share with you, number one, how to create your quantum revenue container, how to get to that next level, whether it's multi-six, seven, multi-seven, eight figures or beyond. And then we get into how to up-level your pricing packages, systems, whatever needs to shift to really manage that container and that revenue that you want to bring in. And then third, we talk about how to collapse time and get there even faster by having the right team members around you, by having the right systems, the right processes. So definitely download that for yourself. Take a listen. It's it's essentially a three-part series. You can watch it in three parts. It's about three hours. Get it if you haven't yet. Also, if you're thinking about hanging out with us at the 2X Intensive and you haven't yet, go to ursulainc.co forward slash apply. Send us a little bit of your information and we will get back to you right away. We'll set up an appointment with me or with someone on the team, talk about your business and see if it's a fit for you. I think I got all the things. All right, let's talk about you, Steve. So Steve, Steve got his undergraduate and advanced degrees in engineering, as I mentioned, from UIUC and did his MBA studies here in Minnesota at the University of Minnesota. He was born an engineer and raised as an entrepreneur. I'm curious about that. Now, now, having started many companies, including a few that were actually great successes, and can, like this company today is growing rapidly, including being in the top half of the Forbes 500, which is really impressive. And he has two grown sons, also engineers. Okay, so before we dive into, so Steve, are are you? It's, do you have the genetics of an engineer, and your boys are engineers? I love that. So you were born an engineer. So tell us about. Tell us about you, your story, and what brought you into this? Like, how did you know I'm an engineer and I'm going to be an entrepreneur? I'm going to start my own business.
2: Well, as far as being an engineer, um, just I liked doing things, building things with Legos and erector sets and Tinker toys. And um, I, <laughs> my mother told me a story, <clears throat> they took me for a tour through a factory when I was like I don't know, two or three apparently. And, um, uh, they, they wondered, you know, she, she said to my dad, you know, gee, I wonder if he's even getting any of this. And then we came home and I was building some stuff out of Tinker Toys. And then she finally asked me, what are you building? I said, well, this is where the metal comes in. This is how they make them into cans. And this is how you, this is, and and I reconstructed the factory. So she's like, oh, I guess he did get it. (laughs) Uh, but anyway, um, I just, uh, I don't know, I just have always been really analytical and so forth. But um, when I was uh, younger, I had like a lemonade stand, but I didn't do it like, you know, everyone else where they just, you know, they get all the supplies and they, for free from parents and, and, you know, everything. Uh, My dad walked me through, um, you know, I paid my mother to, to, to make the fudge or whatever, the lemonade or something. Uh, it was like two cents or something, you know, but you know, it's just, she was kind of insulted. She didn't want to take any money for it, but he was trying to teach me yeah. that you have to pay labor. And, um, uh, I had my first IPO. I hope no one from SEC is uh, listening here, but I had my first IPO when I was seven, I, I went door to door in the neighborhood and sold stock in my lemonade stand. <laughs> and I paid back uh, 180% uh, um, pay back at the end of the summer went around and you know paid people back but my dad you know taught me how to do all this you know uh, at an early age so that's what i mean by raised as an entrepreneur and yeah. it stuck um you know so uh yeah so it's it an interesting combination like you say trying to then get into sales because the ceo is always the ultimate salesperson right in Both any company right. yeah. and and even if you're not selling to customers you're selling to uh, candidates because you're selling them on joining your company so um, uh, anyway, so, uh, that's a real stretch, real stretch. I, I, I could do engineering for 12 hours straight and feel energized. And I get, you know, I get in a, a situation where I'm talking, you know, sales and, and so forth for an hour and I'm w- wiped out for the day, <laughs> you know, yeah. such a stretch, but as I've done it more and more over the decades, um, uh, it it's, it's not as much of a stretch anymore. You know, I can do it with less, uh, or easier, I should say, um, it's still not fully where I'm, my brain is, but uh, it's very different. Like you say, left brain, right brain, whatever.
0: You've definitely adapted. You've developed that side of your brain to be able to do it. And that's ultimately what you're amazing at is solving problems, right? You solve problems. You see the problems in, for your clients and you can fix them because you, with your engineering brain. And so you've been able to. Now take selling, look at it as a problem you're solving, fix it for your clients and then that becomes a sale, which I think for all of our listeners is important to remember because we can get all caught up in thinking about selling is about the money and I have to know all the things. No, just solve problems and people will pay you. Make sure you have you know contracts in place and ways to get paid, those matter. And, and it can just work like that. It's interesting, Steve, as you share your story about your mom your mom taking you to this factory, going home and what you're building with, with Tinker Toys, because that very much reminds me of our son, Luca, who's eight, like he- People always say he's very creative and he's, he won, um, they give awards every year at his school and he won an award for engineering last year. And uh-huh. just because everything he does, he sees like he has to make something out of it. So it's very interesting living in our house and what we step on as we walk through the house and like, I'll come upstairs sometimes like the whole kitchen. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> he's like, well, I'm making this. And his big thing right now though, Stephen, you'll appreciate this. He wants to make a time machine since he was about four he's been working on this hasn't worked out quite yet but you know he might be he might be one of the ones. So anyway, um I so I pre, I appreciate how your brain works. I see it and um in in our family and I see it with Luca on the regular.
2: Well with you as his mother, he's going to end up being able to do both sales and engineering
0: <laughs> Right? Yeah, it, it's funny you would say that because he talks a lot about he finds money everywhere and he charges us for everything. So he'll say, "Mom, I would love to do that for you, but it's going to cost $20." So he's constantly Oh, it's funny he's the only person that I think that I've ever met who's gone to a wedding. He went to my sister's wedding re- recently. He was the ring bearer. So he didn't have a job But he came home $50 richer. And I was like, H-? and he had this whole, like he literally earned money while he was at the wedding. He was doing things for people in like some other very creative ways. I think he, he had the money come to him, but um, yeah, you're right. He's going to have both. And that, that's, what's fun, right? Is, is when you see the gifts that you can give your, your kids, and and to try to make their path a little bit easier or a little bit different so when so here you are you're growing up in what sounds like a home that supports your engineering skills your entrepreneurial skills when did you okay beyond the the lemonade stand when did you launch your first corporate business the first corporation or your first your first real not real business because I feel like lemonade stand is but the business where you started to make more money when did you do that?
2: Well, the, I had several that I've started that, you know, never really got to the point where it was serious revenue. Um, but, uh, the, the one that I, the first one I started that really had serious revenue was in 95, 1995. And that was computer solutions, Inc. And, um, you know, I got the the domain computersolutions.com, uh, because I heard about the internet like before anyone else did pretty much, um, because I'm a very involved in a, in a forward-looking organization called Foresight Institute. Um, anyway, um, and uh, so that company really took off. I did market research first to find out that the supply and demand were just radically different in that in the in the field of um, Labview Consulting, which is a test systems sort of thing. Anyway. Um, that, that company grew very, very fast. Um, in January of 96, we had two employees. In June of 96, we had 12. Wow. So I was hiring uh, two people per month. Uh, and it took off from there. I mean, it got up to like 20, 20 people. And that's the one with you know the top half of the Forbes 500 and so forth. Um, then I did some other things for a while. And then I decided, you know what? I want to try it again. So I started Computer Solutions, LLC, which is basically the exact same you know, doing the exact same thing, but the things that went right, I'm doing again, and things that didn't, I've learned from and I'm doing differently or not doing. And, you know, so it's working out the market's nowhere near as ripe now as it was then, but we're still successful, uh, successfully growing because, um, uh, you know, like I said, I've kind of learned from the first experience. So, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, and that—I mean—that—that's a huge advantage when you're starting another company is to, to work from that strength and really create what you want. So thinking back and thinking back, let's go back to the business that you launched in 1995, Computer Solutions, the first version of it. You were hiring, you were moving quickly. Like, do you remember a moment when your annual income became your monthly income, or where you just you really you just you know had the, your best month ever? And then what changed for you in terms of what you thought was possible or how you wanted to grow the company?
2: Yeah, yeah um there was uh, I remember it was first quarter I don't remember it was 99 or 2000 it was one of those but but um you know I I looked at the at the quarterly you know income statement and I'm just like holy smokes you know I don't remember the details now but it was it was eye-opening I mean it was like wow I've made it you know I'm there um it was probably like you know annual income became a quarterly income or something in, in that order at least but um Anyway, uh, yeah, it just changed my life uh, in multiple ways. I mean, I had more confidence. I knew I was on the right path um, uh, and I had more I felt I had more freedom. Uh, you know not just because I had more money, but just in general, just because of the confidence and so forth, it just kind of opened things up and uh, I would say essentially all aspects of my life improved. you know mm-hmm. it really helped. It was great.
0: Yeah. I love it. The sense of more freedom and just really opening up the opportunity of what's possible. So looking back at that time and then, you know, gone through other variations of businesses and now you have your current business, which I know is growing and you're focused on growing it profitably. So what's the biggest myth about money and revenue that you've had to overcome over the years?
2: I think for a while, I thought anyone who was successful was just lucky.
0: Oh, interesting.
2: And now I realize that luck is preparation meeting opportunity yeah yeah so you make your own luck basically yeah and that's that's probably the biggest uh change I would say or you know myth
0: yeah um, how does that show up in a tangible way for you in your business like what in what ways do you prepare or do you create this quote-unquote luck for yourself now
2: well um so for instance uh, I decided a couple of years ago, it was 98, 99, that I, you know, I, when I started the business, I was the only engineer. So I was the, the company and I decided it was time to get out of working in the business and work on the business. So I quit doing as much engineering and I started working on marketing, sales and preparation and, and so forth. And one of the first things I did was uh, went to your, your sales boot camp. And uh, because I knew I had to, you know, start doing more sales and and refreshing and so forth. And I, even though I'd been doing sales for a couple of decades, I still learned things in your boot camp, So that was great. And, um, but the other thing I did is I decided I had to prepare to grow. You can't just wish for it. You have to prepare for it. And um, so there were several processes that needed to be defined and improved and so forth. And one was sales. Another was marketing. I re- reworked our website completely about then. Um, and uh, then I started bringing people on board that could help with things. I, I uh, had uh, um, uh, Jim Collins uh, join me and he helped me perfect the sales process. Um, you helped me learn how to sell better, but he came up with a process that was aimed at our company. So we had uh, collateral and and uh, just better jobs of doing proposals and stuff anyway. Um, but then I also decided it was time to work on our delivery process, how we actually built systems. And so we had the regular meetings of all the engineers and we, we worked on perfecting that process. And, and basically the, the bottom line is I was preparing for growth.
1: Yes.
2: And so it's this prepare uh, preparation meeting. And then, and then the opportunity was there. Um, and f- so finally first quarter, 20, 20 is when we really launched our growth and it worked great i mean that first quarter was a record quarter and we were well on the path of uh, doubling that year easily and then uh, something happened around the end of uh, that quarter I, something kind of really tripped it up i don't know I, some kind of disease or something you know some kind of pandemic some
0: kind of pandemic showed up you yeah,
2: know yeah but i was working with you that year um and uh, thanks to that, uh, we still managed to grow that year. We didn't double like I was hoping to because of the uh, pandemic, but uh, we still grew like 10, 10% or something over the year before that, despite that. So, and now we're growing very fast again um, this year. So uh, we've over doubled already. So I intend yeah. to double the next few years too. So that's the yeah. So you'll go from
0: million to multi-millions, multi-sevens. So on that note, looking at how you've grown and the trajectory you're on, Steve, do you think it's possible to stay, in, I'm gonna use those metaphysical words, in a new energy frequency once you get there. So once you get to these higher months, like how, how do you stay in there? You've, you've hired a team now, you've got you know this, this great container in terms of how you help your clients. How do you stay in this, this next level?
2: Um, I think it's easy to do, but uh, why would I? I don't. Take- <laughs> well,
0: right. We don't. We definitely don't want. Keep how do you going. How do you not go backwards? I guess we definitely want you to keep growing. Oh. Oh, okay.
2: but how do you okay. not
0: go right? How do you keep going forward?
2: Well, um, yeah, you, you have to constantly identify what limits to scale. You know, scaling what things don't scale.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: and uh, you know, one of them is my time, right? So, uh, for instance, I was I was in your two um, X intensive. Um, And as I shared with you, I was working like uh, 90-hour weeks, and um, you just can't do that forever. Um, And you certainly can't grow uh, from there. And so, you know, as um, uh, you recommended uh, that uh, I I continue to strive to grow faster, but you also uh, recommended that I get someone to help. And I did, and and I hired, um, yeah, I hired Devin. She's been fantastic, um, and she is uh, heading up our marketing efforts, but also uh, just has taken so much stuff off my plate. It's amazing, um, and I'm working more like fifty-hour weeks instead of ninety hours. I was going to
0: ask. I was going to ask. Yeah. Wow. So you shaved almost fifty percent.
2: Yeah, yeah, and um, and and she's doing more than you know I was accomplished. you know. So somehow it's multiplied uh, beyond that. You know, our time combined is maybe the same number of hours, but we're getting more done with it. So, you know, because hiring
0: so is forth. a multiplier. Yeah, it's a multiplier. Like we think it's like, oh, I'm going to get this back. No, it's a multiplier of success. So let's <laughs> let's talk about hiring for a moment because this is this comes up all the time as we talk about you know scaling the business on here. And I was just talking to I just had another interview recently. I was talking to someone who runs Melissa, who runs a virtual um, assistant company, and she she talked about the like they're in some ways it's easier to stay small, right? If I stay small, I don't have to hire. I don't have to go through all of that. And, and then you don't even know what you're missing out on. It feels safe, but it's really not. And so it's a big, it's a, it's a big psychological jump to say I'm going to hire, right? Because I'm responsible for this person. And so just what are your tips for like, how did you find this amazing person? I mean, first you made the decision. You're like, okay, I'm going to hire. And then how did you find her? what, who, like, how did you know who to look for? Like, share some tips there, because I think it'll be really valuable for our listeners, please.
2: Well, there's an, um, a new organization called, um, I think it's called Bus Stop Mamas. And it's people that have been, it's, it's, uh, people that have been, um, you know, laid off or, or otherwise not able to work because of COVID. And then, but they're, they're perfectly, you know, talented and now they're at home, you know, with kids that are at home or whatever. And, Uh, but they're still available part-time at least. And um, like I say, perfectly capable of work. And so that's what they cater to is that market. And and when you suggest that, you know, I get an assistant, uh, you know, VA or what a virtual assistant, um, I I approach that organization. Now, again, I had preparation meeting opportunity because in parallel with that, I was struggling with how are we gonna do marketing? Um, I didn't have any one uh, marketing person really. I had several people that knew a little bit about marketing and I was actually contemplating, when I look back at this, it's so stupid, but I was contemplating making a, like a committee of people that each kind of knew a little bit about marketing and try to get marketing you know, out of that, which I think would have been a trade wreck. Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, so she was one of the first ones to apply and her previous work was she was head of marketing. And I'm wow. like, oh, do, do you know, both things solved at once. So that was great. And uh, she was only available part-time because she had another part-time job right then that she wanted to finish up. Uh, The obligation was through the end of the summer. And so, but she was already contributing quite a bit. And then um, she unfortunately had had an accident, but um, uh, hurt her hand and she could no longer do the other job. And so she came on board full-time sooner than expected. So it worked out for us, but um, um, anyway. So that was another case where I was preparing, you know, how am I gonna do marketing? And then I came across someone who did marketing. And so it was um, I, I view it as as luck in in the sense of preparation meeting opportunity.
0: Preparation, meeting, opportunity. I'm trying to think. Who said that originally? I feel like that that was a quote. We're going to have to.
2: Yeah, I should give attribution, but I don't remember. That's oh, OK.
0: I think it's been said so many times after it's said so many times. I'm just trying to remember who originally said it. It's, but it's definitely going to be a quote on this show. I love it. I love what you're saying. And did you say so for our listeners? Was it called? I just want to make sure I'm hearing it. Bus Stop Mamas.
2: I think that's the name okay. of it.
0: OK, we'll find it. We'll figure it out. And we can probably put it in the show notes, too, in case people are looking. And, I, and I, you know, this just hearing what you just shared, this, this critical piece of adding to your team and how it has allowed you to grow. I just want our listeners to hear that because we can get so stuck in thinking that, you know, it's just us or I can't grow or I can't afford to grow. And, and we think there's like, Oh no, I'm going to have the same revenue and I'm now I'm going to pay somebody. Well, no, like it has a multiplier effect and you were very strategic in saying, I want someone who can also help with marketing or has marketing knowledge. I mean, like you kind of hit the the jackpot, but you were intentional about it. Like you knew what you needed. Right. And I agree, like multiple people from a marketing, like voting on what to do on marketing would have been a train wreck. So this person that you found, I mean, she sounds like she's the perfect fit. Anything else that you want to share about hiring? Cause I know you have a lot of people on your team now. You work with engineers, just any other tips that you've learned from since starting your first company to now that's important. Like when you go to hire now, is there anything you do different than you might have? 10 years ago or even more?
2: Well, um, what's interesting is with, with COVID, I'm, I'm hiring people over uh, Zoom, you know, uh, I'm doing it remotely. And I, as of um, say July, uh, half the employees I had, I'd never met in person. So it's just a whole different thing. But when, something I did before and I'm, I'm still doing now is, um, you know, I'm hiring engineers that, that, that uh, partly to do software. And I asked for code samples from them, uh, for instance. Um, and now we've introduced a, um, a step where uh, anyone I hire from now on, I'm going to have them actually do a sample problem. I give them a specification, they have to write the code to do it uh, in a certain amount of time, a couple of hours. Yeah. And because people can turn in samples that were actually done by someone else or you know, just uh, whatever. Um, you really need to, to and, and, and that's the bottom line the number one thing I've learned and and Barry Seamus wrote a book called uh, selecting, selecting winners. I think he calls it. And it's, it's a way to interview and um, it's really, uh, really thorough. And um, but, but the number one message he has is that the number one predictor of how someone's going to do is what they've done in the past. It's like a 98% prediction of what they're going to do in the future is what they've done in the past. And so don't, If you give hypothetical questions in an interview, you're gonna get a hypothetical answer. What you wanna do is find out what they actually did. And so instead of saying, well, tell me how you would, you're know, you hiring someone for, I don't know, accounting and and you say, tell me how you would balance the books. Um, You don't ask that. You say, well, here I see you worked at XYZ company two years ago, tell me how you balance the books at that company. And then you drill into the details of that and that's yeah. how they're going to do it not you know the textbook answer they'd give you if you give my hypothetical question so anyway um, yeah so the, i i i use that but the thing is is that if I'm asking to program I got to find out how they program so um, really the thing point. is why hire when I'm hiring I'm looking for people that also have another skill another Notice
0: that talk about that used,
2: especially an engineering skill or something well One of the things I look for is if in our case, uh, we're doing systems engineering, which means that we get involved in every kind of engineering. And I look for um, people that have physics background, because physics is the foundation of every branch of engineering. I mean, you, you know, you can make that argument. And what I find is then they're conversant with every, you know, some of our customers are mechanical engineers, some are electrical engineers, so forth. And they can be conversant at least with, with any engineer. Plus, um, they know not to fall into some trap, some obvious trap. You know, you don't, you don't uh, whatever, use a vacuum pump to pull w- water more than 32 feet because you can't, and stuff like that. Because they have a physics background, they won't do something really stupid. They may not be an expert at every single uh, branch of engineering, yeah. no one can be, but they know enough not to fall into some traps. And so, Um, that's one of the things I look for, but, um, you know, by, by constantly hiring people that have another one or more other skills, other experiences, I'm expanding, um, what we can offer. Uh, we don't just do programming. We don't just do electronics. We can do hydraulics and motors and gears and everything else. So the entire system, because customers want a one-stop shop. They want to be able to come and, and get, just get the whole system done. They don't want to have to hire one company for the software and one company for the hardware. The other problem, the other thing too, is when they want to change something or something goes wrong, they just have one person to call. They don't have to say, well, gee, is this a hardware problem? I have to call you know the hardware company or is it a mm-hmm. software problem? I have to call the software company, whatever. And they only have to explain what they need once and then we do it. Yeah. Um, That's so brilliant. it's got a lot of advantages. But the thing is, is that you can't double year after year in any dimension. I mean, it's just not practical. But what you can do is, if you pick, say, for example, seven dimensions to expand. So, what we offer, um, how big of projects we do, um, uh, you know, how much marketing we do, you know, whatever. You can expand in each area, maybe ten percent, say, in a year after year. I mean, that's pretty easy to do. Well if you do that in seven dimensions, it adds up to doubling. Um, uh, 1.1 to 7th anyway, <laughs> is, is basically two. So you can double uh, repeatedly if you just pick several directions to expand. And
0: Yeah. So. Interesting. So I love your,
2: <laughs>
0: the science behind it and everyone's taking notes right now in the numbers. So, well, and so we put that, in, put that in layman's terms for all of us. So how could that show up? I mean, it's, it's hiring the right people with, in your case, you hire double skill sets or multiple skill sets because that's it's a multiplier effect. Right. And then with your marketing, it's like you're what I'm hearing you say is you're you're applying the multiplier effect to different areas of your business to in some ways collapse time and get there faster, right?
2: Yeah, no, that's one way to put it. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it's scalable. It's it's you, you have to you have to do it in a way that is scalable and you have to do it in a way that you can continue to do it so you can continue to grow.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Well we have we're gonna run out of time, Steve. But I have I have one other question and then we want to hear, you know, how we can learn more about your company and get in touch. So for you know you're growing another seven figure business, getting to that next level. So what's your best piece of advice for a CEO who wants to turn their annual income into their monthly income or go from multi-six to seven figures and beyond? What would you say to them
2: right now? Well, to put it in one word, I would say, believe.
0: Coming from an engineer, so say more about that.
2: <laughs> well, for example, um, uh, when I read your book, uh, Belief Zone, and you had an example early on of a student being told that you know, they actually could do better than they, than they were. And that was enough to make them do better i mean then they and and that really resonated with me because the exact same thing happened to me i was in like fourth grade i was class clown and you know and um i mean I still like making people laugh but <laughs> but uh i think it was sixth grade or something uh you know you take this what is it called iowa basic skills yeah. test or whatever and and the teacher pulled me aside and said you can do much better you you have much more potential than you're seeing you know no one ever really. Told me that. I mean, I suppose your parents say, "Oh, you're great" or whatever. But you know, their parents—they're they're supposed to. They're your parents, right? But uh, and and it really turned it around. I started. I started actually applying myself, and you know, things like math and science were easy to me, and things other things besides math and science, I didn't care about, so I didn't work on those either. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see how they were useful and uh, which was a mistake, by the way, because I've learned that I have to be more well-rounded. So that's one piece of advice for uh, younger folks, I guess, that are maybe too focused on science and math or whatever. Um, anyway, point is, is that, um, uh, yeah, I get to high school and, and uh, just decided, okay, it's time to start actually trying a little bit. And, um, you know, I get the seventh semester honor pin and so forth. And um uh went out of college and and got you know straight a's one semester and whatever you know I did did really well after that but um uh you know I don't know what would happen if she hadn't just said you have got more potential you know who knows when when your son develops the time machine we'll go back and we'll do it where she doesn't tell me and we'll see how what happens
0: (laughs) I might you might have a conversation with my son someday because I feel like there's some some parallels there and (laughs) Anyway, um, this, there's, you know, this, this piece though you started this last piece of advice with the word believe, and, you know, and and sometimes we need people who come along on our path and say, I believe in you. I see the potential. And it's amazing how that belief can transfer. And just like with you, like you, you went from, yeah, I know I'm a very good engineer. I'm an amazing engineer. And now you believe you're really good at sales. And that took some work. You had to apply yourself. You had to, you know, look at like, I am good at sales. I'm good at solving problems. And so I think for, I just want to, you know, highlight that for our listeners, just because you haven't achieved something yet or done it yet does not mean you can't and, you know, find the community of people, find people to walk with you who see your potential and who voice that.
2: Well, so uh, several times um, you've led me through like a vision exercise where you really, you know, close your eyes and really vision something but also a, a more um, detailed or lengthier vision exercise of, of really picturing, you know, figure out what your goal is in a few years, picture yourself actually there as much detail as you can. And and then you work, how did you get, and then, then you're reflecting back to how did I get there?
1: Mm-hmm. It's an
2: interesting way to build a plan in reverse. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I got here because a year ago I did this. And then, well, how did I get there? Well, a year before that I did this. And you end up back we are, but now you have a path forward to get to your vision. It's, it's an yeah. amazing exercise and I've used that and I've explained it to my, um, uh, all my team, teammates in, in the company here and shared with them what the vision was, you know, how, you know where I was and who I was with and, and the whole thing and then all the steps to get there, um, yeah. I shared it with them. And I, I think it's a very powerful uh, method, but it's a way to, to further you know, your belief in, in the vision and so forth. And then the other thing is just doing the planning is a way I mean it, you have to do the planning I feel to make it successful but while you're doing the planning it's it's making it you know more and more real to you mm-hmm. you know you really see it uh, believe in it more and more as you can see how it how the pieces all come together
0: Yes and then it just strengthens that belief I love what you shared about so in NLP neuro linguistic programming we call that future pacing And in some ways, back to Luca, my son, I think it's like getting in a time machine and stepping into (laughs) your future and looking back. And what's really powerful is then we get to tap into our subconscious mind. Our subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between what we're imagining and what's in front of us to an extent, right? So you're programming your subconscious mind to just get you there by going to that future and working backwards. And so, you know, for those who are like, what is Steve talking about? Uh, It is like creating your own time machine and anyone can do it. And it is powerful. And also what's great, I think, Steve, is what you're sharing is I love that you share the vision with your team. This is what I see. This is like you, you're very transparent with your team members. And I think we're in a time where, number one, people are hungry for authentic leadership, transparent leadership, people who care about them, right? And number two, we have to share the vision. If we're not sharing the vision, people don't know where, where we're going. And so they can't get on the train. So when you do that, you share the vision. So on that note, first of all, thank you. Thank you for sharing all your experiences and your wisdom today. Sure. Who is, you know, someone's out there are like, well, what the heck does Steve do? Who Who is an ideal client for you? And I know you have a gift for our listeners. And how can we get in touch with you?
2: Well, um, uh, we work primarily with manufacturers for the most part. And in particular, the, typically the R&D portion of, of manufacturing. So um, we, we build... Uh, you know, systems for automating, um, custom systems for automation. And so if you've got, you're developing your, you know, version two of your pacemaker or your, uh, you know, clutch or, or whatever it is you're building, um, you got to put it through its paces. You got you got to make sure it's going to work the way you want it to. And we'll build a system that will do that. And, and then it could test it 24 seven too. So if you're doing life testing, for instance, you wanna make sure your product's gonna last, um, it takes a long time to, t- to do life testing. And especially if you're only doing it 40 hours a week, it can take a long time. And we can automate, the, um, in most cases we can automate it completely, you know, safely and so forth, It'll automatic shutdown if something goes wrong, all that kind of stuff. But now you get 168 hours a week of testing instead of 40. So it's a fourfold increase in your, you know, getting your throughput on your on your life testing, for instance. So that sort of thing we do, and and the thing, the reason I think we end up more on the R and D side is because um, the way we build our systems, they're very very flexible. So as oh the 2.0 is actually going to be slightly different this way and slightly different that way, and oh we thought of another feature to add, we can keep modifying the system. Um, and uh, we have something we call signature service, which is uh, very powerful, and it, it lets us um, provide minor tweaks without any additional funding. You know, it's it's um, it's just our way of supporting our customers, which is I think a lot of why we get um, uh, repeat business too um, so much. Which is, you know, the the least expensive customer to obtain is the one you already have, right? A lot, of, a lot of companies don't seem to know that; they don't do a good enough job to keep the ones they have. You know, we really focus. I mean, that's our top core core uh, value is is the quality. Um, and that's something else. You know, when I'm interviewing, I'm really looking for people that truly not just give lip service quality, but I look for evidence that they've actually really truly believe in quality and then and then it's easier to deliver quality if everyone on your team believes in it yeah. and does it you know but anyway so that's what we do um and uh yeah we're, we're expanding even beyond that you know it's one of the dimensions we're expanding we're actually developing some technology now that would be um potentially patentable for yes. a biomedical startup uh for instance mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, we're really expanding what we do. Um, and that's one of the dimensions that, you know, if you grow at 10%, uh, you know, you can still double the whole over a company if you have enough direction to your expanding it, so.
0: Excellent. So where, so yeah, I think you have something for our listeners and where can they find you? And we'll have that in the show notes as well, but I'd love for you to share it.
2: Yeah, well, um, so computersolutions.com slash Ursula is where I've put a um, uh, landing page for a few um, with with a few gifts that we're offering, um, one is a uh, uh, just a, a couple page description of how I've incorporated your teachings into you know as part of um, you know the one the, the pillar of of growth like we talked about one of the pivotal um, uh, things of growth is sales and so forth, and um, I've got a referral offering there if someone you know maybe. Maybe well, you can refer yourself too, but uh, maybe you have a brother-in-law or something that you know is an R&D and a manufacturer, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, two hundred dollar gift card to Amazon uh, for anything that results in you know business. You know, if you refer someone and we end up doing business with them, um, you get two hundred dollars at Amazon. And if, if you don't need anything from Amazon, there's something wrong. <laughs> if you can't find something you want there, so right. anyway. Well- Um, And, you know, we've got a couple other things uh, uh, on the same page and you just check which ones you're interested in and we'll uh, send it in an email or whatever. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So computersolutions.com forward slash Ursula, get your gifts there and connect with Steve. And um, if you just go to computersolutions.com, you can also reach out to Steve there. And I know there's some of you that, you know, are connected to companies that might need what Steve's up to and might want to grow their businesses in that way. Steve better. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much. It was fun to talk about sales as a pivotal part of million dollar revenue growth. And we just want to wish you so much success on your, and your multi seven figure journey that's coming up.
2: (laughs) Well, thanks. Um, you know, I've gotten a lot from your podcast, so it's, it's nice to be able to, uh, hopefully pay it forward. You know, if anything that we talked about as a value to someone and I've paid that forward somewhat. So
0: awesome. I'm absolutely certain this is going to be inspiring and helpful. And, and it's going to challenge some people to think about, you know, how to hire and really how to scale. So thanks again, Steve, for being here. And for our listeners all over the world, we appreciate you. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, Definitely. If you find this show to be helpful for you, your business, your life, Please uh, leave us a review wherever you love to listen. All right, everybody, that's it for this week. Make this your most epic month yet. Bye for now.
1: Thank you for joining us today. And if you are ready to make your next quantum leap, let's do it. Ursula invites you to join us at the 2X Intensive. Go to salescoachnow.com slash apply. Don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app.